Let's check out your headlines for today. To do that, we'll bring in Natalie Lovey from the 980 CFPL Newsroom. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning, Devin. Let's start with Ontario's top doctor is set to encourage residents to mask up. Yeah, Chief Medical Officer of Health Dr. Kieran Moore is scheduled to make an announcement this morning at 9 o'clock after two government sources confirmed its contents over the weekend. Now, Moore has previously said this fall and winter could see a resurgence of respiratory illnesses and he would recommend masking in certain indoor settings if hospitals began cancelling surgeries to deal with a surge of patients. Pediatric hospitals have been overwhelmed in recent weeks by a massive influx of very sick patients. Now, some major children's hospitals have actually had to cancel non-urgent surgeries in order to redeploy staff to the emergency department and intensive care units that are operating over capacity. Health Ontario, the agency that oversees the province's health care system, has directed general hospitals in recent weeks to accept children 14 years and older who need intensive care, as well as those who have just left a pediatric ICU but need more time to recover. Premier Doug Ford is urging everyone to wear masks but has stopped short of imposing a mandate and Moore is not expected to recommend the return of mandatory masking. Ford is also urging members of the public to get their flu shots and be up to date on their COVID-19 vaccination. The legislation the provincial government imposed on QP over a week ago will be formally withdrawn today. Yeah, Ontario is set to repeal the legislation today that imposed a contract on education workers and banned them from walking off the job. The province passed the legislation on November 3rd in a bid to prevent 55,000 workers from the Canadian Union of Public Employees from striking. But thousands of workers walked off the job anyway, shutting many schools in the province to in-person learning for two days, including those here in the London region. Last week, Premier Ford offered to withdraw the legislation if QP members returned to work, which they did. The government government's law, which used the notwithstanding clause to guard against constitutional challenges, had set fines for violating the legislation at a maximum of four grand per employee per day and up to half a million dollars a day for the union. The two sides, though, are back at the bargaining table. We've been wondering about this and now we have our answer. Ontario will extend the cut to the gas tax. Yeah, big relief for drivers, I'm sure. At an announcement in Etobicoke yesterday, Premier Ford said the cut will continue for another year. In July, Ontario announced it would cut the gas tax by 5.7 cents a litre until the end of the year. Now, at that time... Ford suggested he would consider an extension if inflation remained high. Well, it has. High gas prices are a key inflation driver, with the price of fuel impacting many consumer products through factors like increased delivery costs. The year-long extension will be part of Minister of Finance Peter Beslan-Flemi's fall economic statement. The Minister of Finance is set to table the financial updates in Ontario's legislature this afternoon. Now, in September, we learned that Ontario ended the last fiscal year with a $2.1 billion surplus. When the budget was tabled several months earlier, the province projected a $33 billion deficit. The cut from July until the end of 2022 was estimated to cost Ontario $645 million while it's in effect. We had some violence in London over the weekend, specifically a drive-by shooting. Yeah, two London men are facing charges after a drive-by shooting that involved tow trucks from rival companies. Police say it happened Saturday night when a tow truck was struck five times by bullets after being followed by a rival company's tow truck. No injuries were reported. London police called Halton Police for support, and two men, aged 21 and 25, were arrested in Oakville. They face a number of weapon and driving-related charges. 
And this is infuriating. Parents trying to get their kids medicine online for uh, pain medication are being gouged. Yeah, this is absolutely heartbreaking. A pack of children's Advil is currently on sale for nearly $300 on Amazon in Canada as a shortage of kids' pain medications, a surge of respiratory illnesses and mounting pediatric patient volumes compound here in Ontario. Emergency supplies of pain and fever medication are expected to arrive soon. However, Health Canada hasn't said how much was expected or how stock will be split among hospitals. Now, the current stress of living with a sick child has led some parents to go online. A five-pack of Advil on the website was on sale for $291.63 on Saturday. Nearly all of the remaining kids' Advil and Tylenol sold on Amazon in Canada are currently unavailable, quote-unquote. Health Canada says the shortage is a result of unprecedented demand since the summer, with stock limited at stores and hospitals in various parts of the country. Meantime, observers point to a complex web of factors driving demand, limiting supply, and complicating any risk at a, or any attempt rather at a quick fix. Health Canada says it's working closely with manufacturers and distributors of children's medicine to get more supply to community pharmacies and consumers. Let's check out what happened on this day in history. In 1832, the world's first horse-drawn streetcar hit the streets in New York. It held 30 passengers who paid 12 and a half cents for the fare. In 1849, Toronto became the seat of Canadian government after a mob burned down the Parliament buildings in Montreal earlier in the year. In 1851, American author Herman Melville's Moby Dick was published. In 1891, Sir Frederick Banting, the co-discoverer of insulin and a Nobel Prize winner, was born in Alliston. He, of course, made his discovery right here in London at Banting House. In 1920, the BBC began sending out its first daily radio program from Alexandra Palace in London. In 1940, during the Second World War, German bombers destroyed most of the English city of Coventry. In 1963, an underwater volcanic eruption started near Ireland. Eventually, it formed an island nearly two kilometers in length. In 1970, a chartered Southern Airlines DC-9 crashed while trying to land in Huntington, West Virginia, killing all 75 people on board, including the Marshall University football team and its coaching staff. In 1981, the Canadian-made robot arm performed flawlessly in four hours of tests on board the space shuttle Columbia. In 1982, the inflatable roof of Vancouver's BC Place was raised, completing Canada's first domed stadium. In 1998, former Prime Minister Joe Clark was elected leader of the Federal Conservative Party for the second time. He had retired from politics five years earlier, supposedly for good. In 2003, Paul Martin was elected leader of the Federal Liberals at a convention in Toronto. The former finance minister received an unprecedented 94% of the vote. His only competitor was Heritage Minister Sheila Copps. In 2018, police launched an investigation into an alleged sexual assault at a prestigious private school in Toronto. St. Michael's College School notified parents that it had expelled a number of students after receiving videos 
two days earlier. And on this day in 2021, a former Veterans Affairs Canada case manager spoke out about overwhelming caseloads, saying severely disabled veterans were being put at risk by a lack of support in a toxic work environment. Celebrating a birthday, today we have King Charles III turns 74, Condoleezza Rice is 68, Patrick Warburton is 58, Rev Run from Run DMC turns 58, Josh Duhamel is 50, and Travis Barker from Blink-182 turns 47. Those are your headlines for today.